Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. sonobello.com slash save. sonobello.com slash save. Love getting prices that are lower than low on food that's fresher than fresh? Then shop at Kroger. We give you more ways to save on the fresh you love with tools like the Kroger app, where you can find personalized coupons on top of weekly sales, giving you prices that are lower than the everyday low. Kroger, fresh for everyone. It's the big $10 sale. So mix and match and get two, three, four, five, or even 10 for $10 with your card. So many great deals. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Welcome to the Stairway to Heaven. We're coming to you bringing insights into the ever-changing high-frequency currents now baiting the planet and their effect on us all. The source of vital information for the evolving human being I'm Gwilda Wiecka. When war breaks your heart, war has been part of the human condition as long as recorded history. But has this always been the case? Most of us long for peace and prosperity for everyone, yet we've been taught it's impossible. We've been indoctrinated into the belief that for one person to gain, another must lose. Therefore, we must fight to keep what's ours. However, Myths and legends speak of a time, long ago, when there was peace, everyone was fed, and man was one with God. There is reference in many indigenous legends and prophecies of a time to come when love and peace will prevail. If we look at this from a frequency standpoint, it makes perfect sense, given the cyclic nature of the universe. During times of lower frequency, there's less light to see by, and atrocities such as war are more easily justified or ignored than in times of greater light and conscious awareness. As we've discussed in other Stairway to Heaven episodes, we're currently emerging from a long period of dark as our solar system enters a more highly charged portion of the galaxy on our cyclic trek through the cosmos. These cycles of dark and light are extremely long, and little information survives the immense passage of time between one cycle of light and the next. All we have to go on are the myths and legends preserved through the ages. There is this practice called comparative mythology, whereby myths are collected and compared for similarity. In this approach, myths from different cultures are evaluated to identify shared themes and characteristics. Comparative mythology has been applied to many indigenous stories of times past and predictions of times to come, demonstrating amazing similarities. These myths and prophecies have more in common than coincidence would dictate, right down to predicting similar events or recording historical ones in common. 
For example, the biblical documentation of the plagues of Egypt is also recorded in Egyptian history. The timelines are off by around 600 years, but that probably has more to do with the accuracy of the historians rather than the events themselves. From earth changes to social unrest, both accounts paint a picture of the strife and upheaval that manifests when we come out of one cycle and enter another. Could the thunderstorms of hail and fire and infestation of locusts be synonymous with the strange anomalies of weather and animal behavior that we're experiencing today? Could Moses' leading the Jews out of Egypt and the slavery and exploitation they suffered there be an ancient rendition of the current outcry against the injustice of discrimination or the invasion of the Ukraine? When comparative mythology is applied to the predictions of multiple cultures, some intriguing similarities are also revealed. There's this very interesting passage in the Bible, Matthew 24, 5-8, the King James Version. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many, and ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nations shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilence, and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginnings of sorrows. Now, I'm by no means a biblical scholar, nor will I pretend to know what the passage means. I'm sure it's been applied to many events over the ages but it's hard to miss how well it describes what's going on today. Could it be that these predictions apply to what happens at the end of an era, rather than one particular event or the end of the world? If so, it would be wise to take heed. The Bible is only one place of many that we see reference to the upheaval experienced at the end of an era. While the Mayan calendar has been grossly misinterpreted, nonetheless, it marked the current time as a time frame at the end of the cycle. Many of the predictions speak of doom, gloom, mayhem, and destruction. This also makes sense, as the energetic matrix holding the old configuration together must dissolve to accommodate a higher frequency, leaving the old format unsupported. During the dark, atrocities and injustices tend to go unnoticed. They're considered part of life. Slavery, exploitation, abuse, discrimination, and war are commonplace and deemed acceptable during dark polarized times. Whether it's animal abuse or that of humans or the way we desecrate the planet, all is justified but the belief that if something or someone is not exactly like us, they're lesser and at our disposal to do as we see fit. This polarized us-and-them mentality persists today. It's such an intrinsic part of our operating system, for the most part, we're totally unaware of how deep it runs. As we emerge into higher frequency times, the light is beginning to shine into the shadows of our beliefs and behaviors. What used to be easily justified with propaganda and lies is suddenly being exposed as the atrocity it is. In the light of day, it's not so easy to pull the wool over the public eye. It's more difficult to paint oneself the hero or a Christ-like savior while causing the suffering and bloodshed of the innocent. It's becoming impossible to pass off one's actions as altruistic 
when in fact the motivation is to fill a safe, self-serving, power-hungry, greed-driven agenda. At such times of transition, we're faced with unique challenges. Not everyone will choose to awaken to the light, nor will all awaken at the same time. Awakening is a process. One day, we may be more aware than the next, as, like a sleeper awakening, we climb out of unconsciousness only to doze off again for a while. While undergoing this transition, we shift back and forth from a lower frequency, that of being unconscious, to a higher frequency, that of waking up. Frequency dictates reality. What's true at one frequency may become false at the next. This may leave us feeling somewhat schizophrenic as our perceptions oscillate wildly from one viewpoint to another during our transition. The only thing we can be sure of is that nothing is as it seems. One of the major challenges we're faced with is awakening to the fact that we've not only tolerated but participated in atrocities. This is agonizing. When we come out of polarization and open our hearts, they're shattered by the abuse and suffering within us as well as that in the world at large. Contemplating the possibility that the rat tortured in the lab for the greater good of humankind is every bit as sentient with the same capacity to feel love, pain, and suffering as we are is devastating. It tends to drive us right back into denial, a denial that's getting harder and harder to maintain as the light continues to increase. Historically, when faced with unpleasant truths, we could avoid them by shutting down our hearts and polarizing against someone or something, making them to blame for that which we did not wish, wish to face. Many a warmonger capitalized on this tendency by offering up a villain and the means to slay it. This was the recipe for the Holocaust and any number of other genocides over the ages. The only way to avoid a reoccurrence is to not shut down our hearts to begin with. But darn, that is painful. Standing aware and open-hearted in a world of such suffering is agonizing. Embracing the anguish of the rat in the lab or the Ukraine families being torn asunder when there's seemingly nothing we can do about it is crazy-making. Yet, if there's one thing that self-serving behavior hates, it's a witness. Exploitation can only continue to operate if it can pass itself off as something else. Each one of us that can stand witnessing the truth with an open, neutral heart for ourselves and each other is another nail in the coffin of a dying, abusive system and those that propagate it. Thus, it's paramount to not allow ourselves to be pulled into a polarized stance. A truly open heart can only be maintained from a stance of neutrality. Always bear in mind no rendition of the events taking place is 100% accurate. While in the United States, we're seeing pictures of Ukrainian children huddled together in tunnels, hiding from Russian artillery. The Russian are being shown pictures of Russian soldiers handing them care packages. Consider it a red flag when someone is painting a villain, regardless of which side is doing the painting. Whether left or right, any polarized stance is imbalanced and exploitive. It is a ploy to get us to agree with their premise to appropriate our personal power for their agenda. 
The only way out of this trap being laid by both sides is to get let go of what we have been led to believe and stand alone in the empty for a while. The first thing we must give up is the need to find who's right and who's wrong, the villain to judge against. The moment we make a judgment, we're no longer neutral and are putty in the hands of the exploiters. The more of a standing in polarized judgment, the more of our personal power is placed into the hands of those that would misuse it. Yet, if no one plays their game, the warmongers of the world would have no power. Imagine, if you will, what would happen if it were impossible to turn us against each other? If every soldier on the front lines would lay down their arms and simply walk away? This would leave a wannabe tyrant standing alone on his or her soapbox, jumping up and down like a toddler throwing a tantrum, with no audience. The only thing any of us can truly control is our responses. But if we take responsibility for our personal actions and reactions, we cannot be exploited. Everything going on in the world is but a reflection of what's going on inside of us. The villain? Aspects of ourselves we've judged against and projected onto the world. The savior? That altruistic person we pretend to be while serving our own agenda. As soon as we own this simple truth, participate in the awakening and embrace our shadows, everything changes. As we become a sovereign within ourselves, nothing can hack into our personal power and psyche to redirect us to feed the corrupt system. It's difficult simply being a neutral witness, standing and not knowing, yet it's exactly what's required to avoid being drawn back into the right-wrong, good-bad, polarized stance where we may be more comfortable but are also controllable. The second we allow ourselves to become polarized, our hearts slam shut and brains shut down. We're then available to be used as instruments of the same atrocities we judge against. It was reported that a Russian soldier on the front lines in the Ukraine was heard on the radio saying, we can't tell who to shoot. They all look just like us. Indeed. They have always been just like us, but now there's enough light to see that is so. As the ambient frequency on Earth continues to rise, the old exploitive ways are no longer supported and are increasingly becoming exposed. Our path to evolution and personal empowerment is now the path of least resistance for any of us willing to be introspective, take responsibility, and do the work required. Take comfort in the fact that there's nothing wrong. Though difficult to endure, we're just undergoing a massive transition as one age gives way to the next. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. Though the only way out is through, everything is in perfect order as we shed the old matrix in preparation for the new. When war breaks your heart, rejoice. You are becoming the light and a powerful conduit for change. Thank you for joining me, Gwilda on the Stairway to Heaven, where we provide updates on the energetic currents facilitating our evolution into conscious, powerful co-creators. As I'm sure you've noticed, not only do the Stairway to Heaven episodes stand alone, 
but they weave together to form a map to evolution and personal empowerment as we enter the new era. To revisit this or any of our past episodes, visit our archives at www.stairwaytoheavenmedia.com. If you'd like to find out more about me, my school, and the evolutionary tools we offer, visit www.findyourpathhome.com. Until next time, may you be blessed on your sacred path to wholeness. We are here. The time is indeed now.